peace and love. Big things are gone. <laughs> Welcome to episode 52. So I told you in episode 51 that I had a lot of different announcements, a lot of different things I want to share with you this season. And I want to experiment with different ways of sharing information with you. So I'm going to play and hopefully over on Patreon or anywhere else on the regular internet, you can just message me and let me know what you're loving and what you want to hear more of. So this episode, episode 52, is going to be like an album, like a mixtape of sorts. It's an Atlanta collab. And if you're a parent testing out self-directed education spaces, SDE spaces, or you're already in one, but you're still struggling with feelings that the facilitators should do more with your child or that they should intervene if your child isn't doing enough of something that you feel is constructive, this segment is for you. It's okay to have those feelings and fears. We're going to talk about them this episode. Also, if you are a facilitator at a learning space or a collective or a co-op or an informally categorized self-directed education space, whether you are a facilitator or a volunteer in that space and you need some not quite gentle reminders to steer us parents towards, <laughs> this is also going to be a great space to start this episode right here. AkilaSRichards.com forward slash five two episode 52. We'll have any links that I mentioned throughout this episode and ways for you to contact folks, all right? So in this episode, you're going to hear a piece called The Other Unschooler about supporting parents through this paradigm shift. And then you'll hear Marley Richards, my sometimes co-host and always daughter, <laughs> talk about her experience answering some questions about SDE in general and agile learning in particular. Then we're going to have a little celebration break, and then we're going to share some events that are happening in and around the ATL that are centering people of color in self-directed education. And in case you don't know, that's the hashtag to follow POC in SDE, people of color in self-directed education. <laughs> The Other Unschooler When adults choose self-directed education as parents, we have a special set of stairs to climb. We are constantly faced with our old go-to habits for resolving conflict, and most often, those habits are not aligned with raising free people. Many of us were raised in ways that centered love, so much love, but... As we know, in all types of relationships, feeling love isn't all there is to relationships, certainly not to healthy relationships. So, while many of us grew up in love-centered spaces, the messages we got, directly and through observation, about how to manage conflict were not healthy ones. They were, sometimes, the best our parents and other caregivers could do. But we know that we don't want to simply parent through our emotional inheritance. We want to develop bonds and build communication channels with children where they don't just feel like their safest bet is to stay on our good sides, do what we expect and prefer. We want to raise children with confident autonomy. And sometimes, since we didn't practice that in childhood, it's tumultuous in adulthood. 
and it takes us many crashes before we can find out how to navigate that road with confidence and a sense of real fulfillment. That's why self-care is such an important part of this Raising Free People practice. This isn't just our children's journey, it's ours too. We, as parents, are the other unschoolers, and if we're not careful, we'll drown in doubt and all those nudgings that keep bringing us to self-directed education will pale in comparison to the pressure around us to abandon our intuition and stick with school because at least we can explain that to people, <laughs> right? So as we de-school, as we learn to trust children, as we learn to trust ourselves, we also need compassion and support systems among each other while we adjust to this atmosphere of freedom that actually includes children. And part of that support needs to extend beyond us as parents and also outward to educational professionals who choose SDE. Because I put my work out there and I often invite conversation, I'm getting to see that people, <laughs> parents, who are frustrated with conventional schooling and one options can be like torpedoes blasting into spaces with questions and fears and the like. And I think that's natural. The concept of trusting children is hard enough for most of us, let alone trusting them to learn what they need to learn when they need to learn it. So when folks choose to bring their passion and commitment to children in SDE spaces, we as parents are still learning how to support those adults too. I'm just learning this relatively recently because we were unschooling primarily through experiential travel and doing things in the communities that we're a part of. And so now, recently, as Marley and Sage have just this year started at Heartwood Agile Learning Center, I'm getting to see firsthand all the things that go into facilitating learning in a group setting without using that evil-ass punishment and reward system that most schools today rely on to keep children in line. That same system that we adopted as parents when we believed in or didn't yet really analyze conventional schooling. I've also had the good fortune of chatting with other education entrepreneurs and activists who have either started their own SDE spaces or work at one or volunteer regularly at one. And so I'm happy they chose to feed something new instead of just fighting something old. Thank God for these folks who are so forward thinking and willing to use their brilliance and their passion to invest so much in this work of detangling the link between learning and fear and guiding our children and us to clarity around that link between liberation and learning. And while they help us, I think there's some ways that we can support them too. So these are some considerations for you if you are a parent or know of a parent who's testing out a self-directed education space or they're already in one, but still struggling with the feelings that facilitators should be doing more or that they should intervene or your child isn't doing enough, this episode is absolutely for you. All those normal fears that show up as we adjust to this atmosphere of real freedom and lifelong learning sometimes calls for reminders about honoring the process, right? Instead of doing what we're used to having to do, what we probably did do when our children were in conventional school, which was to try to get the educator to understand what we thought our children needed. And that's one of the biggest differences between schoolishness and self-directed education. Because when your child is in an SDE space, you, the parent, are also a learner. 
you are also needing the tools that these facilitators often practice regularly. And if you're not careful, you can get in the way of what they do. Simply because you've grown acclimated to people trying to put info onto your child instead of actually learning your child. And not only have you become acclimated to that, you've adopted that yourself. And because of that, you might feel like you need to step in and nudge things forward, push your child, make sure that the adults in the space know that it's okay to push your child and maybe necessary to push your child. I've been there (laughs) to steer them to go deeper into their interest or to steer them away from the things that you might not yet understand as learning. So sometimes we low-key roll up in that bitch like, yeah, um, this is awesome. I get it. Raising free people. And now my baby really going to shine because now they're going to be focused. And you are right. <laughs> they are focused, but it's not going to be on what you want them to focus on oftentimes. And it often doesn't look like what we are used to categorizing as educational. But Do your research, stay the course, because so much is happening beyond what is readily apparent to our deeply indoctrinated eyes. So once again, if you are trying out an SDE space or you're already in one, but you're struggling with that adjustment, this is for you. And let's be clear, this is not a shade zone. We're not throwing shade on parents here. It's just compassion and information And of course, accountability. So if you're working in a self-directed space also, whether a learning center, co-op, informal space, whatever, direct your people to this episode, episode 52, so that they can have more resources to continue this de-schooling process. In addition to having some conversations with facilitators and um, just folks in collectives, really, that are not official schools or official learning centers, but are very much learning spaces, I gathered some responses. Also, I had some dialogue with Julia and Anthony, who are facilitators over at Heartwood here in Atlanta. And initially, I didn't plan on using the audio. (laughs) I was just going to write a piece around it and share that with you, which I still might do. But when I listened back to the conversation, I was like, y'all, can we please use this? And I I think you're going to hear why. It's good stuff. What are some of the ways that you think parents who are interested can educate themselves and or the reality checks that they may need to deal with when looking at a space like this? There's a misunderstanding about what self-directed means. So like, what, how does that fit in with, I guess you would call it traditionally discipline, mm-hmm. but like there are boundaries, you know, it's not like this idea that like, it's a preschool and I can do whatever I want. Nice. Good that one. Confuses parents too. You know, as like, I think for me in my transition, it took me years to realize, like I almost was disciplining secretly at home. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I was nervous that I wasn't <laughs> I allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were like reveal something. <laughs> reveal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Am I around other parents allowed to be like, I said, get in the car. Yes. Right. And yes, you are. It's not unparenting. Yeah. The shit is actually the extreme opposite. And that is really interesting for people to realize is like our parents are involved, not because they're helicopter parents. I mean, they're more involved than any other form of education that I've ever been in. Like they're with your student. I don't know if that's just something people learn over time, but I definitely feel like that's a big misunderstanding. 
I always bring up to people A.S. Neal's book, Freedom Not License, mm-hmm. because whenever you talk about this, people go to the extreme, mm-hmm. which is re- a reasonable response, I guess, as you're trying to gauge like where out there because it just seems, you know, far. Right. How can one distinguish between freedom and license? My publisher in the USA implores me to write a whole book in explanation of these terms, saying, you must, for so many American parents who have read Summerhill, feel guilty about the strict way they have treated their child, and then tell their child that from now on he is free. The result is usually a spoiled brat, for the parents have scant notion of what freedom is. They do not realize that freedom is a give and take. Freedom for parents as well as freedom for the child. As I understand it, freedom does not mean that the child can do everything he wants to do, nor have everything he wants to have. Yes, that simply stated is the crux of the matter. Freedom, overextended, turns into license. I define license as interfering with another's freedom. For example, in my school, a child is free to go to lessons or stay away from lessons because that is his own affair, but he is not free to play a trumpet when others want to study or sleep. That's an excerpt from the book Anthony mentioned, Freedom Not License by A.S. Neal. So then it's like a balance of like, yeah, you know, they get a little bit more breath and they you have them as humans. Also, like you are the adult in a situation and just certain things you can't escape from. So I'm responsible for you and we have somewhere to go. We have somewhere to be. Right. You need to get in the car <laughs> yeah. so we can make it there. We can explain all of this stuff. You also need to get in the car. Yeah, that's or a good point. you need to go to bed or you need to eat your food or Because the main thing is about questioning the behavior, like your behavior, yeah. your motives around things. And yeah, so when you do true. that, some shit will stay the same. Yeah. And yes. then other things like for us, like with bedtime and those sort of things, those things change because we're like, yeah. oh my God, why do they actually need a bedtime? But then there are other things. But there are other families, right? Yeah. It's different. Like I know my kids go to bed at seven o'clock, which most people think is crazy, mm-hmm. but that's like what is required. It used based to be on 530. It used to be 530. <laughs> it did. That don't even count as bedtime. That's still the damn day. We're <laughs> not kidding. Those kids need 14 hours. To sleep. Like it was just, if we didn't get that, then it wasn't just that he would fall apart. It, the whole family would go down. And maybe that leads to that whole thing too of like, they want to support their kid, right? Cause that's mm-hmm. what we do. Like when we're into this self-directed philosophy, like what can I do? How can I position myself? So I support the kid. Yeah. But then you can support a child also without holding them accountable. Exactly. Yeah. It a lot. To mm. like, let me rearrange everything so I can always be supportive of this student. Now that I have come out of this system that was trying to hurt them. Now everything is about like, how can I, you know, just like balancing, like we're a family, which is the same thing that happens here. Like we're a community. Yeah. So we actually have to take care of each other. You may have this problem and I can help you on this day, but I, I don't carry you. Yes. You know, we carry each other. Yes. And you're held accountable. And held, yeah. Yep. The students accountable. So tying that back into the question, I think that we don't understand what accountability means in the space. So they exactly what you said, where yes. we'll say, oh, it means that it's a free for all. No, actually, it, it doesn't. It means that you question your motive, but yeah. you are still parenting. It's a great way to manage that. That's what I was say is yeah. that you, when you're trying, struggling with something, you have to realize like, okay, what is the belief behind right. whatever this interaction or decision? And then like, is that belief true? I know that one of the other things I've mentioned too is about the way that parents can, if they're not careful, hinder the type of thing that can happen in this space because you come in and your expectation is that the facilitator is an extension of you. 
Because in a school setting, you as the parent were the extension of the teacher. Right. You represented that industry or whatever the fuck at home. Yeah. Right. And then here they're thinking, okay, now they're here. Now my kid is here. Nobody's going to be trying to force them to do such and such. My baby going to shine. And it's like, mm. I've never heard a phrase that way, but that is, oh, yeah. Man. yeah. And that parents you get that a lot, right? They yes. So like, right. If I let, if I take away all these expectations, my kid's going to be an amazing astrophysicist. Yes. An amazing artist. So your jobs as facilitators is to right. facilitate the so shit out of that. Why isn't like doing science <laughs> Right. You know? Why do I come here and they're just playing around? Exactly. How can parents work with that, you know, without you, without I, you, I, <laughs> with less of you? I think that is like really about doing a lot of research around what play-based learning is. Okay. And as they get older, it's conversation-based learning. Okay. It's just, we don't call it play. It is play, but it just looks like we're sitting around talking. Right. You know? Right. And the value of that, of the just learning, like there's almost nothing we can do to mess up their learning, you know, <laughs> like it is just happening. And we need to hear that statement more. You have to really go to great lengths. Yeah. Yeah. That's you have true. to build a public school system. <laughs> and they did go to great lengths. There's an idea out there that, oh, it's based on what they want to learn, which is, I think people tend to go the more progressive model rather than like truly self-directed mm -hmm. because you'll have like, oh, my child says that they're interested in magnetism. Okay, let's do magnetism. I found this curriculum. Here's this book. Let's read this. <laughs> right. Let's read this stuff. Yes. Yeah. That was us when we first started. Sure. And the thing is, it's not, oh, this person, this child is into magnetism. And so here's all this stuff. Let's do it. And then what happens? Like, oh, now they're not interested in it. But right. Said, it's more, you're interested in magnetism. What do you want to know about it? How do you find, I'll show you how to find resources. Yep. And then at least what we do is check in. Okay. Did you do anything related to that? Are you actually interested in it? How do you want that information to come to you? Because maybe you do want a lecture. Yep. Maybe you just want videos. Maybe you want a book. Maybe you want projects based in it. But it if you don't take the... To learn that too. Yeah. To learn what they want. I mean, and that's the that in and of itself is the skill that they need to practice. And exactly. so having the practice and checking in, it's like, well, you said you're interested in this. I've helped you find to get some stuff, but you're not actually doing right. it. Right. This so is why you need a curriculum. So maybe you're not actually interested mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. It's not the time as a parent or educator to come in and make them follow a magnetism or astrophysics or Spanish curriculum. Yeah. It's just holding them accountable to the way they say they want to spend their time. Learning about learning. I think a lot of that stuff needs to be, because we think... We think that, well, if you said you're interested in this and I'm giving you all the things and this is what, but there's so much that we can't even see happening, connections that we wouldn't make unless we pay attention to them because magnetism really, it could have been that they did that and they were looking at a bug and really what they're interested in is the bug, yeah. but you wouldn't know that if yeah. you, if you had and, made a decision already. And they yeah. don't know that so often, True. you know, and being patient with that, I think is, is really hard. And like, I do find as facilitators, it is a constant and as a parent, and I guess I would want like for parents to know more of that too. It is a constant process of asking yourself is there's just not a fixed answer. Right. It's a constant process of like, oh, here's this curriculum on magnetism. Huh, that didn't take. I wonder if there is something else. And then going back and reassessing, you know, instead of being like, 
well, curriculums don't work. Right, right. Right? It's yes. just like, what was it the bug? Like, I think that's such a great example yep. of what parents do so easily is like, they look, they're looking at a bug and you think they're looking at magnets. You get yep. a, a curriculum and you go magnets, in. Like, yeah. And you're like, yeah, we're in this and we're unschooling. I'm supporting it. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> two days later, yeah. which is what they do with so many things anyway. But so the frustration is not them, it's us. Cause yes. we're like, damn it, I thought I had an answer. Right, which is why we keep going back to schooling, too, because, like, college is, like, the answer. So it's, like, yeah. Right, and it's back (laughs) to that thing of you have this idea that you want your kid to shine in this certain way. Yeah. Like, my kid's going to, like, you're going to get to brag about them at a dinner party. Yeah. Like, my kid is so Uh into magnetism. Yep. They're just, like, you know, they're going to be, like, a magnetic. Especially if you took them out of school. you It's, like, you almost need to have a thing now. Yeah, our thing used to be the timetable. I'm, like, sometime line. You know, like, at least I would feel like people, like, oh, they know their timetable. It was so ridiculous. My dad did that. Like, oh, I'm sure yeah. the girls Time hated when I did some, it. For some exactly. Yeah. But that's what it was. It was my own, you know? Yeah. So I love that you brought that up. It's like, yeah, there's no fixed answer. Yeah. And there's no fixed answer in any environment for them. They may tell you something, right. but it, there's no fixed answer. And that's actually good news because it needs to be pivoty like that. It needs to be exploratory right. for them to really get to... Because as you said, a lot of times they don't even know. They don't so often. And I do. And I agree with what Anthony's saying. It's like, that's what they're learning. Like I see that happening with Marley right now where she's like, something's not right. Yep. And so then we come in and are like, what about this? What about this? Like, no. Yes. I think. Psychology seems very clear. Like I was talking to them about, you know. You know, this is why we switched switched to this kind of inquiry project based thing. Because I'm just not a lecturer. But then I'm realizing that, like, maybe this way of sharing the information that you get is not helpful or useful to you. Which, one, you have to have, like, a certain awareness that there are different ways of learning, sharing information. To begin with, yeah. So, at first, I kept doing everything that I'd given out with some kind of artsy, crafty kind of thing. Yeah. She's like, that's not really her style or strength. And she was expecting more, like written stuff or or reports and I was like oh okay yeah we can totally do that then yeah how long did it take to get to that right <laughs> yeah like it's for her you know yep. like that is so the path of the learner yeah and the path of the adult is to just like not get attached to your expectations exactly yeah. which is so hard like, yeah. yep yep like you're just throwing stuff until you find something yep. that sticks and, and that's why you're supporting not teaching yes. you're supporting because Mar has always been like that even when they stopped school she liked workbooks yeah she, see that. she's yeah. like that she liked workbook yeah. she likes to have a schedule with things where sage is a lot more like me where it's like i don't know let me wake up first and so we at first we're like no we're unschooling you can't use a workbook right, and she's right. like okay but then you realize it is not about what it is or ain't it's yeah. like whatever it needs to be in that moment for them for that brain so yeah I think, like with psychology because it like that subject emerged from okay. them and obviously that's my field so yeah. i love it but then it's really the question for the facilitator or the parent to say, okay, what do you need from me or what do you want from me? Yeah. Rather than, oh, psychology, let me go get all this stuff. Let's do this. It's like, or, mm. or you can start at a point. Like sometimes it's okay to say, well, here's what I know about, you know, cause they like that yeah. we know these things. So you can say, well, I was super interested in such and such. And they might say, yawn, thanks. Or really, or what happens a lot with us where they say yawn and then like a week or a month, they're like, you know, I looked up such and such and you're like, motherfucker, why didn't you make me feel like I was like, "Mm." 
idiot. Yes. The most boring. But it ain't about me. I guess that's my lesson. So yeah. Yeah, Maybe that's the thing. (laughs) Like when you think about advice to parents, is get out of the way. Like yes. And and, like I know we come up against this every single day with us. Yeah, and I mean it's everything that's reinforced in society that it is you. We are totally judged by how the kids in our control behave and how they how we they present to the world and so it becomes now a part of what you do and Mm -hmm. that's what the times tables was about that's like oh my god yeah Yeah. so honestly yeah i mean really that play-based learning i think is a huge one okay because it's so much about letting people alone like leaving but like i think if people could see play-based learning and like understand the value of it or just apply it not to just four, five, and six year olds. Exactly. Right. Like, from the perspective of like yeah. the entire spectrum of ages. Yep. Because Absolutely. then how we say like work is play and play is work, like yep. we don't differentiate between those things. If they can just look at play based learning, the value of that, leave play in there and just imagine it for the full yeah. age range of redefine it, yeah, too. Yeah. 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 And and broaden it. Yeah. Yes. Because it is we see a lot, I would say with parents of about starting at about nine where parents are starting to worry their kids are like, Oh, they're not doing offerings mm-hmm. or, Oh, they're not like really, you know, joining in. Stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like they're playing all the time. Like, cause that's, that's that cool. training of preparation for college and adulthood and these yes. sort of things. It's like, we, we have it so segmented in yeah. our minds. Maybe that's like, as you're talking to, I'm just thinking like wrapping it all together is like so much of what we want for parents is to like commit to being a great parent, which means you're always learning and you're always listening, always listening. You're always learning and you're never there. Yes. You never know the right answer because there just isn't. Cause so yeah. Cause I'm always thinking like, Oh, I wish they would read the website and resources, but then also yeah. there's all that reading information, but then as just like experience wise, you, you're going to have to one realize that it is a process, yeah. but then like be able to deal with and work through that difficulty, that discomfort. And you shouldn't dismiss everything because sometimes it is something you shouldn't let go of. Right. But then just having that internal conversation and questioning. As we said at the beginning. Your belief in your values. So. Yes, absolutely. And I'll close that off to say a lot of the work is like point at yourself first before you try to change something in your kid. As you yeah. said, question the belief. Is this true? You know, sometimes it is. Sometimes you can't put your finger on why, but there's enough of a feeling there for you to follow that. All of those things are important. And the value of SDE is that this is a space where you get to explore those options as opposed to somebody telling you your kid now has an IEP and da 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 because they don't fit into this thing. Thank you. That's plenty. I can definitely okay. farm that. Thank y'all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Good, good, good. Over the past two to three months, I've been talking at a lot of different places, thanks to my school, about self-directed education and um, unschooling, because that ties into it for me. The three main places, I'm pretty much sure those are the, the only three places, were UNG, a university, a autumn festival, and a school, a parent info session. It was kind of like how you have orientation before you actually go to the school. At the university, I pretty much expected every question I got, like, 
how do you guys learn if you're not required to learn anything, which I personally find stupid, but I answered with respect and actually trying to answer the question. Why did you find it stupid? <laughs> it's stupid because people don't need to sit down for hours on end or like at least minutes on end to learn something. But um, most people believe that that is the way that you get children to learn. They're wrong. I agree. Okay. It was me, Anthony, and two other students. So we were just sitting at the front of the class and all the other students had their own seats and stuff. The layout of the panel, I guess, was just first that Anthony gave some information on the school and then they asked questions from there. What do you guys learn? How do you prepare for college? Like, what if you like to play video games all the time? Are you allowed to do that? <laughs> Which, no, we're not. We have an agreement for that. What do you mean? I mean, it is our space, but at the same time, some of the stuff that people like to do would interfere with other people's needs. So A community setting. We don't just okay. let everyone do anything they want. Because if that were the case, I'd be blasting my music with zero care. Um, <laughs> so you actually have to be mindful of the people that you're sharing the community, the space, the resources with. Yeah, mm. as well as the fact that if people were allowed to play video games all day, which I know some people would, they would miss out on the school experience as a whole. There are tons of offerings and stuff that we do every day. We, we don't even have a game console for one, so I don't know how they do that, how they'd actually play. <laughs> and I'm it's, yeah, it's not the same, though. Um, <laughs> video games all day, then you'd miss out on all of that. So is there anybody there who seems like they wish they could do that all day, and they seem bored and detached? There's only one or two people that actually really like video games like that, but even mm -hmm. then, they find other stuff to do, mostly outside, so they never seem bored. Okay. Um, and then you did that parent info session recently. At the parent info session, I was kind of just the voice of the students. I was filling in any blanks, you know, things that Anthony and Julia forgot or just didn't know about because they're not students. <laughs> or, yeah, towards the end is when I'd a answer parents' questions directly. I kind of just added on with parent concerns. So how did, how did they learn stuff? Do you force them to read, to learn how to read and write? And are they allowed to be on their screens all day? Are they allowed to curse? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think for any parents that are interested in SDE or unschooly schools, the type of research that you'd need to do would primarily revolve around your child. You'd need to talk to them to figure out what they like and Based on that, if I think SD can work for everybody, but what their specific needs would be before just going into it. Because if you don't have an idea of what you're doing, then it's kind of the same as going to any other school where you're just told what you like and what to do. You don't think that even if a kid doesn't know what they want to do by being in a school space, they're less inclined to find it out where, because they're just going to be given things to do. Whereas in an SDE space, they actually have the room to explore, as you say, the different offerings and stuff, and they may develop interest as a result of those engagements. Yeah, I definitely think that SDE communities like that work because they give people the option to actually explore the things. You know, it's such a social environment that you're bound to come across something you really have an interest in, and you're already in an environment where you're allowed to explore that boundlessly. So Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. 
I was going to edit out that part where Marley said she found it stupid that they said, how do you learn if people don't force you to learn? But then I thought, you know what? We need to hear that. I think it's kind of wonderful that there's a generation of folks, Mars 13, that get it. They don't have that big cloud or question mark that many of us, myself included, had about learning. This misconception that someone has to force you, you got to have the books, you got to have the adults, and it's got to happen. You know, that was the idea that I had in mind, even when we hit all those brick walls and got clear that school was no longer the place for learning, we still took schoolish shit with us into our environment (laughs) as unschoolers. And I'm using air quotes because we weren't quite unschooling then. We were still in like the trenches of de-schooling in a sense that there's still this dissonance between what you've been experiencing and what you've been taught to believe. So I think it's important that we do recognize that we have young folks out here that's like, that's crazy. What the hell? That's why I left it in. So don't try to come for my baby talking crazy because she's expressing one opinion. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. I've been so excited to do this part to shout out my newest patrons, even while we were on break, folks were supporting in wonderful, much appreciated ways. So shout out to Linda, Katie, Vanessa, Takia, Taryn, Kara, and Carter. My newest patrons, thank you so much for following my nudge for honoring my request to head over to patreon.com forward slash Akila. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash A-K-I-L-A-H. And just dropping a little bit in that offering book. (laughs) You can give as little as $3 a month or a dollar a month. I think that's an option on there. And as much as a thousand dollars a month. So all of these things, of course, help me to produce the show. I do a lot of this by myself. I now have some help with someone who helps me with audio when I can afford it that month. Someone who helps me with uh, sharing on social media when I can afford it that month. And um, also just getting better equipment. Podcasting is not a ball or sport. So (laughs) I'm still a full-time writer. I'm still working with my babies. I still have all these different things on my plate. So your support is crucial to the movement here. And I so very much appreciate you. Thank you. This announcement is from Patty Zavala of the Sudbury School of Atlanta. We've got Patty coming up on the show this season. She and her husband are immersed in self-directed education with their daughter, and she's also the board chair for the Sudbury School of Atlanta. We had a great soul-stirring conversation, and you'll be part of that dialogue later this season. In the meantime, though, here's what Patty and them want you to know. We are hosting dinners to welcome old friends and new ones to talk about our fears, concerns, hopes, issues, and values around education. We want to talk about all the possibilities we could create together as a community. 
whether you're a conventional schooler, a public schooler, unschooler, world schooler, alternative schooler, confused schooler, parents, aunts, uncles, friends, and family, you are an important part of this community. You have a voice and we want to hear it. We particularly want to invite people of color to join this conversation. We need to create more spaces for people of color in the self-directed learning community because together we fight against biased educational agendas. It's a potluck, so bring food or drink to share. Our first dinner will be November 8th, that's today, y'all, November 8th at 6.30 p.m. at a friend's house in the historic West End area. Call Patty for more information at 470-699-1009. Okay, so this is for my Atlanta fam. Call Patty about tonight's potluck if you're interested in an SDE dialogue. Again, Patty's number is 470-699-1009. And this one is from Beth Lopez of the South Seattle Liberatory Collective. Beth is also a patron of the podcast. You know I appreciate you, Beth. So here's what Beth wants you to know. We are in the early stages of planning and thinking about our collective. We refer to it as a collective rather than a school because it will be completely different than the majority of private, public, or charter schools. Our initial ideas are, one, for the voices, experiences, and needs of the most marginalized to be centered. Two, for the collective to be as equitable and accessible as possible, including transportation, meals, snacks, before and after care, and most importantly, no tuition, no sliding scale, no pay-what-you-can model. Three, for the physical location to be somewhere in the South Seattle area. So they're talking White Center, Rainier Valley, those sides of Seattle. Four, for there to be facilitators and not teachers, and for the education to be self-directed by the children. Five, the collective will be mixed age, initially ages five-ish to ten. Six, our collective will be a community venture with grassroots organizing and real connections and relationships with people, businesses, and organizations. Seven, we're aiming for a fall 2009 open date. And here's a little bit more about the people behind the collective and what they need. Currently, we're a multiracial and multiple identities group of femmes who are dedicated to decolonization, anti-bias living, and the principles of intersectionality as laid out by Kimberly Crenshaw. We want to raise revolutionary children because, as Akila says, we believe that free people free people. Yes, Beth. We are struggling to find a good school option that doesn't perpetuate white supremacy, so we've decided to open our own. We want to build on the work already done by other people of color. For example, the Black Panther Party Community School, Intercommunal Youth Institute, and Liberation Youth School. Are you interested in the collective? Would you like to join our planning board or founding family group? Do you have time or expertise that can help us start the collective? Do you have any resources, people, or schools that you can refer us to? We are especially looking for women of color who can be mentors or advisors to us on the journey, who will be compensated, of course. So if you answered yes to any of those questions, please contact Beth at lopez.bethany at yahoo.com. That's L-O-P-E-Z dot 
B-E-T-H-A-N-Y at yahoo.com. And of course, you ain't got to memorize this. All of these details will be on the show notes page, akilasrichards.com forward slash five two. Get involved, especially if you're a listener of the podcast, may or may not be a person of color, may or may not be directly immersed in self-directed education, but you believe in raising free people work, reach out to some of these folks, pick up the phone, send an email and see if the resources that you have around you may be exactly what they need to help build collectives and schools. There's so many of these going on, and I aim to highlight them on the podcast so that we can support in any ways that we can. All right. Thanks for listening to Fair the Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at akilasrichards.com.